This is Multinew Media. Hi there, everyone. I'm Chase Raz, and welcome to another episode of Multinew Media. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different, and I'm going to be playing some audio of a presentation that Christopher Woodward and I gave at Full Sail University in early July. Since we both teach at Full Sail, we were presenting at the Summer Continuing Education Series that the university puts on for faculty and staff, and our presentation was on social media growth strategies. We kind of thought that those of you who listen to the show would like to hear the information we presented to our colleagues at the university, and so here it is. A couple of caveats, however, the audio quality is not the best. You know I'm not a fan of putting out episodes with really low audio quality like some podcasts do, but I didn't want this recording to go to waste. So take this one for what it's worth. Uh, I think there's a lot of important information that we presented inside of the session, but this may be a little bit of a test of patience and a subpar listening experience. Again, the information's good, the recording quality's bad. I've cleaned it up as much as I can, but there are limits to such things. We were in a giant room that can probably hold, I don't know, 100 people, and um, we had one microphone. We weren't mic'd up, so enjoy as best you can, and we'll be back with some higher quality recordings next week. Social Media Growth Strategies. I am Chase Raz Badowski. Uh, I go by Chase Raz normally online because it's shorter. This is Christopher Woodward, and I go by Christopher Woodward because it's longer and more difficult. I'm just that way. Right, so, a <laughs> little bit of background about us and why we're doing this particular session. I've been teaching here for seven years at Full Sail, so I've been an educator at Full Sail for seven years. <laughs> okay. Um, who's been here like 20 years? There's always someone in the room that's been like a 15, 20 year, anyone 15? 18. Oh, hi, hi. So yeah, when I say seven years and go, whew, you are looking at me like, come on, newbie, get, get, get it together. Get, in the, get your head in the game. Still a rookie. Yeah, still a rookie. So I have degrees in management and marketing. And as I like to say, I quote unquote did time in the Fortune 100. That's... <laughs> Hey, listen, your mileage may vary. Uh, some companies are great. Some departments in certain companies are wonderful. But where I was at, I felt like I was doing time. And I'm just be honest about that. What about you, Christopher? Well, I've been here less than you. I've been here for six years at Folsom. And I have degrees in, in business administration and marketing. And I spent about 16 years in new media back when we actually called it new media. Now it's just media, really. Uh, and data analysis. And I've been involved in building brands on social media for companies over the years, and fun stuff like that, back when people still refer to it as the Twitter, and things like that. Twitterverse. Yeah, the way your mom talks about it. Are you on the Facebook? Uh, The blogosphere and the Twitterverse? Should we do the shameless plug for for our- Yeah, we should do the, so we're both hosts. Um, A few years ago I started a podcast, well, it started as a blog called Multinew Media, and Christopher was the first to jump on, and he was blogging with me. The blog just failed miserably, like oh, a lot of people do. Nobody read it. So a couple years later, I switched to podcasting, which is why I'm recording. I'm testing. I'm testing this old microphone, see if I can get the department to let me use it more often. And uh, so we have been running a podcast now, Multimedia, Media, with another guy in Tampa for what? Three years now? About three years. We're in our third season. So Multimediamedia.com. That's our shameless plug. We talk about this stuff and other um, business technology-related topics, but... Something you really want to know for today, and this is the last um, last thing that's mentioned on the slide that's behind me as visuals. We're just using our ba- uh, slides as backdrops. No real information is going to be there. So if you have the laptop out and taking notes, hopefully you're checking your email because not going to be a lot of note taking. Uh, we are skipping references. Trust us. Put all of your trust right in us. We don't know everything about marketing. Nobody knows everything about marketing. It's not possible to know everything about marketing, especially in new media marketing. Because why? Constant change. Constant change. Uh, So if you stump us on something, that's great. We get to learn today as well with you. So sorry, we'll probably do that thing that everybody hates. I was reading an article I was reading many articles on, and I won't mention what article it was or where I got it from. 
because I don't remember. But it was a good article. Well, we were talking about one earlier, and I want to start with this. Um, recent article, I haven't fact-checked it yet. You, that's why all of you are out here to fact-check me right now. Something about all the radio stations, all the magazines, all the newspapers add them up. They don't equate to what Facebook and Google are pulling in yearly ad revenues. Sounds about right. It sounds about right, right? I'm going with it. If we're not there yet, we should be soon, or we probably passed that benchmark. Two companies and their online ad revenue. So if that holds true, whatever date that happened, that's major. Even the fact that we can talk about it and someone doesn't just blatantly go, no, that's absolutely false. I won't believe it. The fact that that doesn't happen tells us this is a big deal. I think what we're looking at is, again, we've got the less remnants kind of of the old school that doesn't believe in the power of social media, doesn't believe in the power of technology. Those last remnants are now fading away. You know, I mean, I'm sure we've all encountered them, especially early on, because I'm looking around here and I'm seeing an age group that probably was around for the revolution here and the change in how people access and connect and engage with their customers. And the world of, you know, it was TV advertising, it was print media, it was radio, it was over the air. And then everything started to change. And that's the world we're dealing with now. And I love this backdrop. I, I do too, but I'm backing up because I think you're picking on me for not remembering to pluck the gray out of my beard today. Oh, no, you're younger than me. I'm younger than you, but I'm I'm much still more here. I'm much falling. All right, so much. <laughs> we're going to be talking, of course, about social media today. But um, one thing that should be made uh, fairly clear early on is we're talking about your traditional social media. If you talk to uh, an elderly parent or that kooky uncle or aunt you always had, and you said social media, we're talking about the networks they're thinking of when uh, you say social media. And we're also taking a business first perspective that you are representing a business, a brand, um, a movie, an album, an artist, a, a something. In other right. words, you're not just trying to get more people to like pictures of your cat. Right, because I'm more than happy to create about a, a thousand Twitter bots and like pictures of your cat all day, but who cares? Some kind of end goal here. You're trying to advance a brand, you're trying to bring in new consumers, new customers. If you're doing a blog, you're trying to get more people to read the blog. Uh, this isn't just about cute baby pics and stuff like that. So, because cute baby kid, that's really good. Need a promotion. No, they don't. I was one of those people. My, my daughter is, is five months and change, and I was one of those people who said, I'll never post baby pictures. Um, yeah, some of you are laughing. Some of you, though, follow my feed, and you're like, you're right. We keep having to ask, where are the pictures? I, I post like one a month. And well, once you ask, there. it's there. Yeah, yeah once somebody asks, yeah, there it is. But I, I don't I just volunteer. Uh, so one thing we've done in order to help the conversation that we're going to be moving into in a little bit, because I know some of you came loaded with questions you were telling me as we were setting up, and I'm excited about that. Christopher, are you excited about that? I'm always excited. <laughs> that was too easy. All right. So I, I know we, we want to get into the discussion phase, but again, no references here. This is just us spitballing for the sake of conversation, for the sake of making easier today. Uh, flip that, reverse it. Yeah. Today easier. It's 315, folks. Um, social network type, which is sad. I teach at night and teach the 5 o'clock schedule, so I should be wide awake and alert right now, and I'm not. All right, so we've broken the social media types into three key areas, three key uh, categories that we'll be looking at today. The first is status-based, and I wanted to call this celebrity, but Christopher objected. He said, what did you say? He said, it made it sound like... It, it made it sound more ego-driven, ego but it really is ego-driven. It is. It is. But this isn't, we're not talking about you going and following celebrities. We're talking about you wanting to amass as many followers as possible. Do any of you work with businesses right now that are still in that mindset of, how can you help us get 10,000 more followers in the next day and a half? Well, who cares about the 10,000? I mean, are you after a number? So there are status-based networks. We're talking Twitter, Instagram, by and large here. And we're going to lump those together in status space. What else do we have? Well, let me have the interest piece. And this would be kind of more where you're looking at specific categories of interest. So this is your, your Reddit, your blogs, your forums, uh, your YouTube. We're looking at specific categories, specific channels. Your Pinterest. You know, there's specific things you're looking on, you want to know information on, you want to know how to do, you want to share ideas with people. So again, those are kind of when you pigeonhole it or categorize it down to, I want to learn about this. And these forums, these 
uh, social media vehicles are really geared towards that. Obviously, blogs fall into that. I think forums is a good word because forums, uh, if you're like me and grew up with Usenet forums and user groups and all of that, they would fall under interest space as well. I love hearing you say Reddit, though, since you're not on Reddit. But, and then finally, our third classification we use today, so after the status or, or celebrity and then the interest, our third one we'll kind of talk about are network-based, and these are your Facebooks and LinkedIn, where we're taking an established community, an established network for, for the most part. We, we want to build new communities and networks, but we're typically taking a network that already exists or is in existence in the universe, whether we know it or not, and we're formalizing that in the digital space. So again, these aren't academic definitions. These aren't, you're not going to run out to the big social media um, marketing and, and consulting companies and hear this. This is just what, how we want to frame the conversation today. So celebrity, interest, and network. And the last thing I'll preload in your brains right now. Oh, by the way, Christopher, I changed the slideshow last minute. Uh, <laughs> last thing I'll preload in your brains for a moment is we kind of look at where networks fall in this artificial construct that we have based on a couple of key factors. Purpose, what the purpose of the network is. Are you trying to amass followers, like in the celebrity based and the status based, or are you trying to engage with community, like interest based and network based? Um, but something of particular interest is the differences in these networks, and one, how easy or how hard it is to gain new followers. And the second thing is how these followers then convert. How they convert to a user, a viewer, a subscriber, a customer, whatever it is you're trying to convert people into becoming. And there was a weird, and we're not going to go down this rabbit hole too much, I think, but there was a weird, almost perfectly direct correlation between, hey, it's really easy to get followers on Twitter, but they don't really convert very well, like at all. Like we're talking one in a couple thousand based on my professional experience. Meanwhile, on Facebook, it's a lot harder to get good active engagement, but those people tend to convert at a moderate to high level. Yeah, question. When you say convert, you mean to get them to go to a monetized website or something? Sure. I, so think you're not running social media in a vacuum, right? You're not just doing it because, I don't know, because of what? Right? There's something you're doing. Your business is, is not in existence to shake hands and kiss babies. Your business is we make the best widget. We've produced the best film. We've done something. And the purpose is to engage the community in that way. So yeah, whether that's becoming a customer or whether it's viewing other content that's maybe behind a paywall or not behind a paywall, or if you're a YouTuber, simply subscribing to the channel and coming back and watching more videos, whatever the end goal, your business end goal is for your interaction with these customers. And for those that aren't looking for monetization, obviously it could just be getting more people to read your blog and come back regularly to read your blog, whatever your end goal is. I think the important thing to mention at this point, we're talking about all these different platforms. There's Twitter, there's Instagram, there's Reddit, there's blogs, there's you know Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. One thing, especially if you're just now starting to kind of dip your foot in the pool here of social media to realize is before you start, you need to commit to actually staying active with it. I think a big pitfall for a lot of people is they want to chase whatever the newest social media platform is, whatever they feel is trendy at the moment, they jump from one to another. Oh, this one's not working out. I tried Google Plus, I tried it for a month, I didn't get enough, I'm gonna do this instead. Persistence on any platform is needed to create a following. Unless your last name is, you know, Kardashian, you're not gonna be able to appear on a social media platform and have thousands of followers in a second. It takes persistence regardless of which platform you're doing. So there's no quick fix. It's a matter of working with a platform over time and then evaluating whether or not it's right for your business or your end goal. And for the most part, if you have any questions on which networks to target, we're more than happy to answer that. Um, I guess and I think and I assume that a lot of people can pretty well do demographic targeting and choose the correct network based on demographics that are fairly easily available out there. Or just quite frankly, if you don't have the demographic information on a hunch, right? You may expect that Pinterest is going to be a little more crafty, Facebook's going to be a little bit more family and friend oriented and coworker oriented, right? Those assumptions that you have, they don't always hold true, but they're, they're good enough to, to get it started for the most part. So we're not going to go too far down the, the demographic uh, rabbit hole, so to speak, unless you want to. Nobody's jumping at that. There's. I, I think I just popped the balloon. Did you hear it? you hear that swoosh? I think they're still upset over my comment about the cat pictures and Google. Who's the demographic for Google Plus? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Android fanboys who have nothing better to do. Um, no, I'm I'm being mean there, but really there is there are a couple of um, a couple of uh, parts of the text, right? Different text circles that are still active there. There is some art and design there. I'm not active in that. I'm a business tech person, um, analyst, and marketing. So we're we're sitting in front or standing in front of a lot of. I would assume that statistically being at full sale, some of you are going to be design, arts, that type of thing. We are not that, but uh, we do know of a couple of circles there. Circle, that's a nice pun with Google Plus. It's organized in the circle. There are a couple of circles uh, on Google Plus. So I, I, that one, I don't know what they're doing. But yay, it's over four years old now. Well, Join it, it feels sort of obligatory. Like, well, it's Google, so you're supposed to be there or something. So yeah, that's you know, it. You know what it is? It says, how many people by a show of hands have a Facebook account of some kind? How many people have a Google Plus account they actively use? Oh. There you go. So they, they thought they were going to go on Facebook. I put my hand down too. <laughs> like I need more hands to raise for the. I don't know how many Facebook pages I have. It's uncountable. Um, but this is a really good point that we weren't going to go into. You do not need to be on every single network for your business. The old, old, old advice was just go secure the name and be everywhere. Uh, we have legal the legal system and fictitious names for a reason. If someone starts using your name, you can deal with that appropriately at the correct time. I'm not gonna try to talk you into being one of these tech companies that starts using a generic uh, generic word and then suing everybody to get it after you know someone else may have been using that word for 20 years. By the way, strategy, you can't do it, don't do it, don't be a jerk. But you don't need to be on every single network anymore. You really should focus on, on demographic targeting. So if, if you can't answer why you would be on Google Plus better than I can, because I'm not in the circles where I can answer that. Just you should know that now. Then you probably shouldn't be there either. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, it, it's recognizing what social media. And, and again, everybody says Facebook. You know, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Yes, one billion users. But many people don't see. Like one point seven now, I think. Right. Yeah, people don't see it necessarily as a business site. If you're looking to expand your brand for business. You don't want to focus on Facebook, Facebook at the expense of Twitter, at the expense of LinkedIn or YouTube. These, those might be a better payoff for what you're looking to do, you know, especially again something like Pinterest than necessarily Facebook. And you also have to realize that some of these platforms may have changed over time. You know, LinkedIn for the longest time was seen as a job search site, pretty much. It was a glorified job search site. If you haven't been on LinkedIn in a while, and, and if you've been employed for a while, maybe you haven't been looking at it, but it's changed. It's now become a place where people are promoting businesses. They're networking with others within their industry. It's become much more of a networking site, whereas four or five years ago, people really just saw it as slap that resume up and try to get a job offer. So you want to look at different platforms and again, find the ones that work for you and find the ones that you'll be able to commit time to working with. Again, it's that, as Chase was saying, if you try to join every social network, you're going to end up ignoring some of them at some point. And then what happens if a potential customer, somebody might be interested, hey, I'm looking up their YouTube channel, and they posted three videos, and they haven't posted anything in months, and obviously they don't update it. I'm not going to follow them. Have you been looking at my YouTube? Maybe once or twice. I had to find out where the slides were. So I put nothing. It's all, it looks like I have no post. It's all private. So uh, before we move in, by the way, if you see what's, what's near Christopher's head, there's some text that says four growth strategies. There are a lot more than four. And please don't tell my students anything about this presentation because one, I've skipped, we've skipped all sources today. And two, uh, I'm calling these things that we're gonna talk about in a minute, strategies when they're really tactics. So if you are also a marketing person like we are, yes, yes, I admit. Um, but before we go into that, uh, Christopher, this is where we wanted to get a poll of the room, if I remember. Am I right? Yeah. Um, see, I told you I wasn't prepared. So we want to figure out where are you? What networks are you on? What types of businesses are you representing? Now, don't get, you got to give us the elevator pitch. We only have an hour, and everyone wants to get out of here at 4.15. You're probably all cranking the car up and out. So, But where are you? What networks? What businesses are you representing? What, what brought you here today? Don't be shy. Wow, they're all scared to talk. Thank you. Just for you. Thank you. Um, I, I help promote um, a charity. Um, right now, we're in the midst of promoting our 
annual gala and getting people to come, but our target audience is a little older. So where, first of all, where would you, what network would you think you're going to target? I see, because I already see people mouthing it. I'm going for the low-hanging fruit here, and people are naturally going to say drive towards Facebook. Now, I'm not going to argue with that. Would you argue with that? Well, no. Again, older demographic, most likely, what social media channels are they on? They're on Facebook. Why are they on Facebook? Because chances are their children, you know, or younger generation say, Join Facebook, you can see pictures of what the kids are doing, you can see pictures of that. So that's the social media channel that they're most familiar with. But Carol, you back you back channeled a little bit of information to me on multiple occasions over the past few months as you've been gearing up on this. And one of the difficulties you're having, if I correct me if I'm wrong, is getting people to actually engage with and see the post. You you can come up with a little bit of the content, but it seems like you're putting it out there in a vacuum, right? Has anyone ever made a post like this for yourself personally or for business? You put something out there and it's like, I expected that. I mean, maybe you post a picture of you and your dog at a park and uh, 200 people like it on Facebook. And so you come up with this clever idea for business and you have 10 times more followers on the business and you do something and it's like one like, right? And you feel like you're posting in a vacuum. So some of the strategies or tactics. We'll look at, um, again, we're narrowing down to four because we want to keep focus on broad categories today. Um, we'll address this. Before we do that, did anybody else want to jump in with where you're at? Okay, so let's go to the front and back. That's the order I saw the hands. I'm trying to promote my own brand. Your own brand, okay. And where are you, what networks are you on right now? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, mostly. I use Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So what does your brand do? Um, well, eventually, I want to open up my own brewery. Okay, so I'm brewing. Building my Florida has a big group brewery scene. Yeah, if you're not out at conventions and networks, I mean, as much as social media is awesome, the first place—I'm sorry, my marketing background speaking here—first place I'm going to steer you to is these conventions. If you're not getting out and going and meeting the people physically who are already there, who are already interested, then we can do all this social media work, but that's going to come after the fact. So hopefully you're already out there and doing that. But Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you said, right? Mostly, yeah. All right, gentlemen in the back. I've got a creative writing podcast for five years and I'm on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, just barely. I can't that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just and the other thing is, um, I have one episode that's downloaded more than, my, my top interview was with David Sayer. Mm -hmm. And that has like something else. And then double that is this thing that you like did with a woman who has a Facebook about page, but I think about how that is. And just one day, like 3,000 downloads, which is, I don't know if you did that or not. And that was not me putting it on Reddit because I don't understand Reddit. But that's good that it wasn't you putting it on Reddit. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, because remember, Reddit, we lumped in which category did we lump that? Interest based. And uh, one of the things we had said about interest based is that the conversions, uh, or that we will say about, about interest based networks, is that the conversions happen at a moderate level. You can get people to follow through, click on things, whatever the goal is. But um, I'm definitely going to say no pandering. It has to be organic, it has to be authentic. If you go onto Reddit, and there was one on the 4th of July weekend where Jared Leto, the actor and musician, uh, was doing a requesting a whole bunch of videos from across the country about what people thought of the, the U.S. and where we're at and what our role in the world is. And they did an AMA, which on Reddit doesn't ask me anything. And Jared Leto wasn't there, but a whole bunch of brand new day one accounts were there answering questions. Um, these things tend to backfire quickly, right? So with, with an interest-based network, you're talking about people who they know each other. They know the, whether they physically or virtually know each other. You definitely don't want to pander. I yeah. started my Reddit account for that, and I learned quickly. Whew. So I set it on the shelf for a few years and came back when I was ready to be a human being and not a business. So it's good, but we'll, we'll look at how we can tap into that if we can't direct, or should it directly go and promote. Well, and that actually ties into a big thing, which again goes back to people who believe in the numbers are all that matters, the number of followers, the number of likes. You know, some businesses still buy followers. You know, they believe that padding the numbers makes them look bigger. And what it actually does is actually really ends up hurting your post reach because what happens is some social media platforms like Facebook, for example, they have algorithms set up. And if they see that you have a million followers, but 
900,000 of them are brand new accounts that have liked your page and never done anything else on Facebook. And you're still getting three likes per post. You know, then eventually what they do is they're going to drop you down. And you can even be in a situation where Facebook or Twitter will just close your account because they feel you're just playing the system, so to speak, there. So, again, it's important to have real followers. And if all you're in it for is to be able to brag and go, I've got a million followers. Well, you mean if you have the time, you can sit there and create a million fake accounts and like your own thing a million times. It's not going to help you in the end. It doesn't actually get anybody reading your content or looking at what you're doing. Yeah, and you're right. It'll prompt, it definitely will hurt in the long run if you do that. So, all right. So we've preloaded information. I feel like we have a couple of representative samples of where we're at as a room, as a collective, as a as a species. I don't know. Um, I think what we'll do is talk about these four strategies or tactics that we've called out. And then as we move into the discussion part, we'll start talking about how do we line up with our goals, the correct network, and the correct strategy or tactic. And we'll throw a couple of kind of don'ts in there as well. So oh, we have to have some don'ts. Some people are like, oh, I'll do this, and it doesn't always quite work out. All right, so the first thing, uh, Christopher, I'll take this one. The first one is content marketing. And content marketing basically means you as a business or as a brand go and you create content. You put money into the group. Maybe you are Pepsi or Coke. Why would Pepsi or Coke go and make a short film? Why would they go and make a, whole, a, a web series? Why would they go and make a bunch of infographics on something that have nothing to do with uh, cola or soda or milk or whatever flavored beverage they're pushing at that time? The reason is something we'll talk about in a moment, engagement. You want eyeballs looking at your content. You want your brand in front of people. And one of the strategies for reaching people online, whether it's social media or not, is to create and publish content. Now, we're not going, we're not going for the, the one hour MBA here, so we're not gonna talk about the long tail of marketing and evergreen content and all of that, but creating content is one way that we get in front of people. Uh, it has its limitations. I don't know if you had any don'ts here, um, but it has just its limitations, three. right? Think about, just three. Think about what you could do. How much would it take? Are there any um, film people in the room? Okay, could you give me a, a quick quote? What would it take if I'm a business and I come to you and I say, listen, this may be what you do, it may not, but I want a, let's talk, call it a little three minute video that I can put on YouTube. Professionally produced, what's, what's the cost gonna be, Jen? Just ballpark. Let's go, now nah, I'm regretting saying that. Let's go web quality instead of. 500 bucks. Okay, so we can throw something together, 500 bucks. Why am I going to spend $500 if I have zero followers? No one's even going to know that I've posted the thing. And that's a situation a lot of us in business find ourselves in. We're creating all this content. We're told we should be content marketers. And then we go and put it up there and nobody sees it. Well, where's, where am I going viral? So what do we not do here, Christopher? Well, obviously, number one, not having any social media strategy at all. They're just making content. But you have to have goals, objectives, um, you want to have, obviously, if you're not running your social media, so I'm assuming in most cases, you guys are running your own. You have somebody else running it, let them realize what the goal is. The goal isn't just to make an awesome video. The goal is to make an awesome video that people will see. Right. At the end of the day, you're not a content producer. You're still a marketer. Um, and honestly, for those of you that are thinking, well, you know what? Maybe I'll get somebody else to manage my social media for me. And you see this a lot now. You'll see a lot of college students, especially, they're looking to pick up extra money. So what do they do? They think, okay, I'm gonna go to the, usually the older generation and go, hey, I'll manage your social media, I'll handle your Twitter, I got a Hootsuite account, I'll handle all these platforms for you, it'll be great, you'll pay me to do it. Make sure they understand what you're trying to achieve and make sure there's some sort of quality control going on in there because sometimes it can be embarrassing um, recent case that came up in the news was American Apparel. I don't know if anybody saw this. American Apparel had their social media person and went to a lot of American history, classic American moments to promote American Apparel, 4th of July. Well, the person from one of their posts, believe it or not, showed the picture of the Challenger exploding in the air. And it caused a huge backlash, obviously. And their reasoning, Again, if you believe it, I believe it, was that the person handling their social media was so young, they were looking up a bunch of different searches of great moments in American history, 
got a moment in American history. They thought it was actually fireworks, supposedly, which I don't know how they thought that. But anyway, this person posted that. You know, celebrate the fourth. Think about all the great times in American history. Just make sure the challenge of blowing up. American apparel. Horrible. Again. And somebody else, a little older maybe, in American apparel looked at that before it got sent out. Horrible. Those things happen. So you have to have some sort of strategy and some sort of quality control for what you're doing. Again, posting the same item 15 times in a row. So it fills up people's, that's the quickest way to get people to go, I am unfollowing you, you know, you're spamming me pretty much. And again, understanding things like using hashtags correctly versus incorrectly. Sometimes you want to find out what the hashtag is before, oh, everybody's hashtag, I'm going to hashtag that too. And then you find out maybe something you don't want your brand. Like, familiar with the movie The Princess Bride, you keep using that. I don't think it means what you think it means kind of moments. Who are my Instagram people in the room? Anyone? Uh, so the hashtag frenzy that you all have, right? It's acceptable on Instagram in some cases to have almost every single word as a hashtag. And I'm sure you've all seen it because the focus is on the image. The focus is on whatever's being shared. Those are just hashtags to promote. And so when I ask students, and the, the worst case is now it's also clients, it's also professionals, and not just students making this mistake anymore. And I say, okay, let's translate, let's do a marketing campaign over on Twitter or somewhere else. I see that exact style of post. Hashtag, 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 one image. Like, that's not going to, even on Twitter, which is the network everybody loves to hate, that's not going to fly. It's not going to work. You put that on Facebook and it's going to be unfollow. Right? So we you, you really do have to start doing a little bit of research of what is the content that's expected on a particular network. And the big thing with content, too, is going too far with your content. Um, you want to monitor negative feedback. You want to be careful, especially this day and age. How many people, if you see something on your Facebook feed or Twitter feed that's kind of graphic or shocking or extreme at some point, you just go and you find that hide all posts from this source. And you're never going to look at them again. Is that why you never see my posts anymore? Pretty much. Okay. So, and, by the way, that's not a joke. That's that's for real. Once someone leaves, chances are they're never coming back. So you really have to think about, hey, this is going to get a lot of attention. I'm going to be shocking. I'm going to get people to check it out. You might get a temporary buzz out of it. Ultimately, it's not going to get you meaningful followers over time. It can end up hurting you more. And a lot of news outlets are finding this out in a hurry these days. Because for the longest time, and, and still to this day, sensation ratings, ratings, sensation ratings. ratings. I'm going to show the picture of you know the bloody scene. I'm going to go show the picture of the war scene. And if you're somebody who uses your computer, or whatever, and you've got your children around, you, I don't want them peeking over my shoulder. Daddy, what's that? Mommy, what's that? You know. So what happens? Unfollow all from this source. And they're not going to go back to their apps feature later and go, you know, I unfollowed them. Let me give them a second chance. Maybe there's something. No, that's it. You're dead to them. So you really have to think about the content. And maybe if you're going too far, it's that fine line between getting a buzz and potentially just losing people because they don't want to see that. And then they're not coming back. So I know we have more. We actually do have more on content marketing. If you want to stay after and talk with us, we'll, we'll go to it. But for the sake of time, we do need to move to the next strategy here as some alarm goes off on my phone. This is the fanciest slide we have ever done. This is just... <laughs> we are so not doing a CE on engaging slideshows. What's wrong with my slide? It's a, it looks like a chalkboard. We're in a classroom. And it says follow back. Hello. And I'm talking about the follow back strategy. So, all right. Steve Jobs. You, you, you create some... Oh, I'm equating me with Scott. I'll take Bill Gates any day. Uh, so, you... Um, <laughs> I made a lot of enemies just saying that. So you, you take and you create all this content and no one's watching. There's still no one there. Uh, one of the strategies you can uh, employ is follow back. Now this is the lowest quality strategy and you're gonna get the lowest quality followers. But here's the idea. You know you're playing a numbers game. It depends on what the numbers game is you're playing. Are you spending a lot of time and effort, your 80-20 rule, are you getting really good engaged people that convert or are you getting a whole bunch of people and going fishing and hoping the one out of 10,000 bites on the lure? Now those, I don't want to go into the psychology of business and which one is the correct mindset because it depends on what your business is. 
sometimes going fishing with your customer base is a perfectly fine mindset in business. You're not devaluing the customer. That just may be the market you're in. But I want you to know that using a follow-back strategy is going to yield lower traffic. So here's what happens. And this is more prevalent on Instagram and Twitter and some of the celebrities uh, or status-based networks as we've been describing them, where follower count really makes someone feel big and strong. Uh, but what happens is you go and you just follow a whole bunch of people. Statistically, some percentage, percentage of them are going to follow you back. This is probably my favorite strategy for Twitter because Twitter, we pick on it for a reason. It has very valid business. Uh, it would have gone out of business many times over if there weren't some valid uses for it. But if I go follow 5,000 people, I'm going to get a certain percentage back. And my percentage tends to range, by the way, between 3 and 15%, depending on what industry I'm working in on a follow-back. High quality traffic? No. But when you're putting money, $500, into a three-minute video to put online and no one's seeing it, sometimes you'll take the, excuse me here, but the crap traffic in the hopes that someone's going to like it, that one person out of a thousand is going to like it and share it in their network and pick up just a smidge of virality. So no, this is not the best strategy, but it's one that does work on the right networks and the right situations. Follow a whole bunch of people, not... Don't go in with the mind. This is the last thing I'm going to say about it because I know, Christopher, we want to get on to the next one. Don't go in with the mindset of thinking these people should be following me. When you do a follow-back campaign, if you want to be successful with a follow-back campaign, go and follow the people who you find interesting. Those are the people who are going to like your brand and like you. But if you're going in this mindset of what's wrong with these people that they're not following me, look at my brand, look how great we are, we should be big. You're going about it the wrong way. So pick the people you find interesting, follow them, and build a community out of the trash pile that some people call Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Right? Everybody feels this way about almost every network. We love them and we hate them for different reasons. But the right mindset follow back can be effective, even though the conversion rate is abysmal. Know that going in, and you'll be satisfied with the results. To draw the analogy, it's handing out flyers to your event. If you just hand out flyers in random parking lots, you might get a couple of people that will come to your event. Chances are a lot of them are going to crumple it up and throw it away. Now, if you're doing a rock concert and you were standing outside the Metallica show last night, you have a better chance of getting people that might actually come check it out because there's your audience. So follow back. I'm not going to go too much into the don'ts because a lot of the follow back don'ts are also engagement don'ts. Right. Which is where we're at right now. Christopher, do you want to take engagement? It's what it sounds like, right? It's related to content, obviously, but it's giving people engagement, comments, follow. It's being social on social media. Revolutionary idea. What a concept, right? And the biggest mistake, obviously, or, or you can look at it from either way, but you have an audience. This audience does not want to be ignored, though. So if you're not responding to comments, or worse, if you're doing blanket responses to things, that's not what people want. They want to feel a connection. They want the back and forth conversation. They don't want to feel like it's somebody just making announcements and then I'll just wait. Oh, a bunch of people commented. I'll make one big announcement again and now I'm going to go hide again. Especially when you're starting out, you know, generic answers don't work. If people comment, they want that connection. Because then there's an emotional connection, too. If they feel like, wow, not only did they read my comment, they responded to my comment. How many people, especially younger children, teens, whatnot, go insane when they get a comment back from a celebrity? Oh, my God, they read my tweet, they read my tweet. Celebrities can get away with only doing that once every 5,000 tweets and still get a, wow, they're real, they're human, because they responded to that one person out of 5,000. What are you talking about kids? I, anyone know who Mark Andreessen is? guy who created Netscape and then is a venture capitalist. We started talking on Twitter for a while. I was giddy and over the moon until I realized he was a complete jerk and we block each other. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the guy's a jerk. But I mean, I, I love his, his career. Amazing. Ineffective Twitter relationships. Uh, That's the next. It was almost a hostile Twitter relationship. But, you know, but, but again, generic answers don't work. Another thing, and this is a mistake that the airline industry, and boy, we can do a session on airline we industry just, mistakes. just done United Social Media mistakes. But <laughs> if you have a feed dominated with complaints and no public responses at all, 
you're in trouble. This is what many airlines used to do. If somebody would tweet out, I'm on, I don't want to pick on United more, but pick on United. Yeah, pick on United. United had a delay, they haven't explained anything, we haven't been told what's going on, I'm so upset. What airlines like United used to do is they would then direct message the person on Twitter with, well, this is why you had a delay, we're really sorry you had a delay, you know, we'll try to make up for it. But for somebody else looking on Twitter, all they see is the complaint. They didn't see the discussion. So if someone's complaining about your brand, your product, respond publicly on the same forum back to them. Now, obviously, maybe there's certain details like if you're doing a reimbursement or something, you're not going to put that information out there. But let people know, hey, that person complained about United, and here's United's response. You know, again, it makes that connection that somebody else is going to see on their feed that, hey, you know what, when the customer complains, the consumer has a comment, they're being respected, they're being responded to. You know, and again, that goes back to your whole strategy. If you go straight for direct messaging, people are just going to see complaint, 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 and never know that you made an effort to address the complaint or the concern, for that matter. Direct question. Uh, comment. It's also a business principle that negative situations like that are actually the biggest opportunities to convert people into being loyal to your brand. Uh, like when everything's going that smooth and people like it, like that's good. But when something goes wrong and then people feel like it was handled well, that's even better. You did the right thing. And that's what people think. So you know in TV shows where everybody freezes right and you can tell they're kind of moving. Um, this is where we need to do a pause and see if I can freeze it. Uh, so what Christopher just said about um, acting on the negative feedback that you're getting. Am I still frozen? No. This is, well, technically, yeah, if we were at 80 sitcom. This is where we're skipping the sources, but if you do a Google search very quickly, um, you will find or, or go through our academic um, sources for this. You will find a lot of great research um, out there about is it really beneficial to respond to the negative? And absolutely, the, the numbers point towards yes. So this isn't just this isn't just us kind of spitballing at that point. We're just summarizing a lot of research for the sake of time. Um, so on on an engagement though, Karen, think about this for your nonprofit. You're talking about an older clientele, but it's involved in music. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Are you on Instagram looking at younger people who are playing instruments and talking about what they've learned or sharing videos on YouTube and engaging with them so that then you get their parents, then you get their aunt and uncle, then you get the school? I think that's an idea I throw at you, Christopher. There's two more that go in here, and again, these are the ones that you always hear about social media. One is when you're engaging with your audience, you want to stay true to your colors. You know, again, some people are so obsessed with, oh, this is hot, this is viral, I want to try to catch on to this. But if it's not news jacking, by the way. Yeah, and if it's not relatable to your brand, if it's not relatable to what you're doing, it may be a mistake for you to do. Tying into that, of course, is the classic line, you don't want to be too political, you don't want to be religious, you want to, obviously you want to uphold your core beliefs. But taking a stance could upset your followers, could be seen as a mistake. If you're doing a blog or you're doing a Pinterest on, you know, we'll take your home brewery, right? If I'm looking up you and I'm following you for information on the home brewery and whatnot, I'm not expecting you to start going on a rant about United Airlines video. I'd be sitting there, well, why? Where's the connection? Are you just trying to get people to follow you because you're commenting on a timely topic that has absolutely nothing to do with your brand or the reason I would want to follow you in the first place? Yeah, because so, what it comes across as is that you have no filter. And this is why people like me have to have multiple accounts for everything because I need my no filter account. And he's laughing because he knows it's true. And he has, that's the one I was getting before that he has blocked. And he, like everyone else in this room who follows me, has blocked that channel. Well, and if you think about it, it goes back to the old, old finance principle. You know, from, you always say in business, you keep your personal funds separate from your business funds. Well, you have to think about it. There's your personal beliefs, and then maybe there's your brand or your company beliefs. You know, maybe they're the same, maybe they're separate, but maybe there's a line that you want to draw between what you personally want to put out there versus what you want your brand to represent. And of course, in our day and age, sometimes that all gets intermingled in other ways. So engagement, go talk to people, post on other people's stuff. If you're just sitting there, again, the follow-back strategy, thinking, what's wrong with these people? They're not following me. Well, if you're also sitting there wondering, what's wrong with these people? They're not commenting and liking. Well, what are you engaging with of theirs? 
right? What part of the, what, what are you contributing to the community? It's social media for a reason, it's not broadcast. So was that it on engagement? That's it on engagement. Yay. Advertising. Where the real money is. I mean, did, do we even, I don't even know. I didn't ask before. So Christopher and I like to play this game where we don't compare what we're going to say during any type of presentation or podcast or a class because we used to teach the same class too. And we like to not know anything. Did you, because my thing for advertising. I love not knowing. Uh, I'm better when I'm not prepared. So my thing on advertising is we all kind of get it. I think based on our jobs and our professions, if not, Talk to us, talk to each other, because I see a lot of affirmative head shakes. But Christopher, what did you have here? Now that I set you up to fail for that, oh, say, there's nothing to say. There's nothing to say, to say except these three things. So the first of the three things is, again, and it ties into what I just said. When you're advertising, don't try to force a connection to current events for the sake of your advertising. Trying to force self-promotion into a conversation that has nothing to do doesn't help you. When you live in a conversation, what you should be doing is asking yourself a couple questions. Is your brand relevant to this conversation at all? Are you going to be giving off something here that's valuable or fun or is adding to the conversation? And is this an event where maybe aggressiveness is actually expected? For example, the Super Bowl. Everybody, when the Super Bowl happens, every brand on the planet is aggressively trying to work their way in there one way or the other. I mean, you remember a couple years ago the Super Bowl when there was a power failure. Right? Every brand was like, I'm tweeting something about during a power failure, get yourself an Oreo cookie. During a power failure, drink another blood. During a power failure, just whatever you can. But it's expected during a That was a nice radio voice, by the way. I like that. Is that my radio voice? Crap. So, uh, which is amazing because I didn't have one this this morning. But, uh, anyway, um, going off topics in groups to just promote yourself usually is going to have a negative return. You're going to be labeled a troll. People are going to want to start blocking you. People are going to say, oh, that guy's a troll. He comments on everything. You know, can you broaden your reach by engaging in other areas? Yes. You don't want to be seen as a one-trick pony. At the same time, you want to select things that will connect with your brand in some way. Um, another, and again, this is more just kind of basic, too many hard marketing messages. You know, you can be immensely irritating if you decide to follow someone. They want to be engaged, not advertised to. So if you're just pushing, you know, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, at some point they're going to go, okay, all you do is advertise and push the product, push the product. You don't tell me anything. You don't engage me in anything. Block. And now you've lost that person. And it holds true for blogs, believe it or not. If your social media strategy for your blog is, read my new blog, click here. Read my new blog, click here. Read my new blog, click here. At some point, they're gonna, unless they really love your blog, they're gonna go, eh, Yeah, that's see, and if you're missing that, that's what RSS was created for. Read my new blog, right? Social media, more for engagement. And nothing, by the way, nothing's wrong. I know Christopher's giving you a lot of don'ts here on advertising, but nothing's wrong with advertising. Just like a follow-back strategy, we may kind of tilt our nose up at it a lot of times with marketers and say, well, it's inauthentic. But I mean, people work in advertising for a reason. It's as big as it is for a reason. It's effective for the most part, depending on the industry, depending on the method, right? It has its effectiveness. So when you advertise, understand that if you're not advertising, if you're not doing a little bit of paid promotion, I don't know if I can necessarily take your marketing and advertising plan all that seriously, unless you are looking for a little bit of a more slower organic growth. And that brings in the last point, which is, you don't want to turn your social account to a sales circular, in all advertising, it's important to be fresh and different. We don't see companies doing the exact same advertising campaign today that they did a year ago. I mean, they did Mark Freitas. Mark Freitas. Why change when it's liquidation, right? It's like furniture businesses, speaking of the 80s and 90s, going out of business. Great opening. Going out of business. I was going to use fast food as the example. Sorry, I'm stealing your thunder. It's okay, but I'm going to mention carbs, possibly, so listen. So Burger King, at one point Burger King had Steve Harvey doing all their commercials. Everything was based on Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey. Then what happened? They went back to the Burger King, the big headed Burger King character. Then after a while they switched over again. You want to keep it fresh. It's the same on social media. You don't want to post the same message every time you have a new video online or a new blog. You want to mix things up. You want it to be fresh again because again, that's going to be more engaging. Just like any other form of advertising. 
you wouldn't do the same ad over and over and over and over and over again. You shouldn't do that on social media either. So again, at that point, you have fresh content. It's advertising, but it's different. And it will get more attention than, oh look, so-and-so wrote the same thing they write every single week when they post. Man, so I mean, the, the very last thing is trying to take everything we've, we've thrown at you and matching what's correct for you. So what type of network do you need to be on for your business? And you have to answer that question yourself. You know the demographic, all the other things we talked about before. Is it one of these that we're calling a status or celebrity-based network? Is it an uh, interest-based network or a network-based network? And then from there, start thinking about what type of tactic would work. So would a, would a uh, follow-back work on Reddit? No, there's nobody to follow back, right? If you're a business, you're just engaging as a part of the community. And if you're on Reddit doing anything but that, you're completely missing the mark and probably going to be downvoted to hell, right? That's just how Reddit works. But if you're going to be on Twitter or Instagram, a follow-back strategy is kind of like if you're not running a follow-back strategy um, concurrently with whatever else you're doing, you're missing a lot of opportunity. Yes, that's where you know we talk about all of these bots and all of these fake accounts. Yeah, some of them are there and they're gonna follow you back and then you're gonna have some low quality traffic, but there are some great tools out there. You can do your research, you can talk to us, but there are some great tools that'll give you like um, how long an account's been inactive or when its last post uh, to you directly was, and you can choose to then get rid of those followers based on metrics that you uh, set. Some of those tools are free, some are very, very, very expensive. It depends on what type of business you're running and how, how far down that rabbit hole you need to go. Um, so, the long-awaited, because we're, we're done with this feel, I guess? Yeah, we've only got 10 minutes left. Yeah, I guess now is a great time to stop the recording so you can, you can speak freely if you want and don't want all of your billion-dollar ideas um, shared out there. So I am going to stop the recording right now. Uh, so by every, well, by me listening back later. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.